Second and third, one out in the second and didn't score. Smith corks one into right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. It's a home run, and the Cardinals have won the game. Welcome to the score. Here's your host, Brett Wiseman. Welcome to The Score with Brett Wiseman here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Brett Wiseman alongside, as always, the one and only James Wilson. Uh, coffee update. One cup today. Uh, I'll probably be having a whole lot more after the show. I, I kind of just ran out of time this morning. You ran out of time to make coffee. I know. I'm, I'm surprised. I've only been able to down one cup. Uh, I was really thirsty, so I was actually doing a lot of ice water today, so... That's your coffee update for this morning. That's, I think, everybody's favorite segment of the show. That is indeed. We're working on getting uh, uh, some kind of sponsor for that going forward. Uh, <laughs> even though it has nothing to do with sports. Uh, let's okay. talk about... Uh, the bachelor. This is true. We don't talk about The Bachelor that much because we, we simply don't care. Uh, unlike some people we know in sports media. Um, let's talk about your favorite thing not named hockey. Okay. But, uh, or it's not named coffee. Sorry. I don't know why I said hockey. I like uh, hockey, hockey too. Hockey's That's on the fun. brain. The Charlotte Hornets. Yes. The second half of the season is underway. Uh, last night, or excuse me, two nights ago, as of the airing of this, uh, picked up a W against Detroit, but things looked a little bit rusty. Yeah, we were uh, way too close for comfort. We beat them by what? Two points? I uh, was Three not points. exactly happy with the way we played, but we were able to win. And here's the end of the day. A win is a win is a win is a win. And I don't really care if we win by half a point each game we're winning. Uh, So that's good. You don't want to learn from a loss against Detroit. We have a lot to learn from that game against Detroit, but your young teams, you need to ride that consistency. A lot of these guys don't know how to practice on their own because they're young. A lot of guys, veteran teams, they can get better by not playing, if that makes any sense, because they need the rest more than the youngins do. The youngins need the consistency, right? Um, We see this in every single sport, whether it be auto racing, hockey, baseball, whatever. That consistent reps is what makes you better when you're young. However, rest, practice, relaxation, and watching the film makes you better as you're old. So we are hurt more by taking breaks than young teams are the hornets are hurt more by a lot of things um especially the nba itself trust me a lot of bad things happen to the hornets um just because of the way we are small market young team that's just how it's going to be so losing by or winning by three points okay you know not not very comfortable win but a win regardless and i think what this is going to do is this is going to give them a good building block had we lost i don't think it would have killed their momentum but it could have hurt them in the next couple games. We're playing some pretty easy opponents, I'd say, Toronto, Sacramento, some teams that we should have no problem beating in a three-game homestand. 
Uh, with fans uh, back, by the way. With fans back, by the way, that is correct. Uh, but I'll tell you this. Charlotte looks really good, and I'm really excited for the second half. If we can have a 650 win percentage, I know that's kind of a tall order, but I think it's something that they should be capable of in order to definitely give themselves a comfortable lead in this playoff race because at the end of the day, the NBA is a race. And uh, let's see if we can get a six seed or higher. Well, look look at the standings right now. They're, they're, they're sitting at 18 and 18. They're sitting at 500. I don't think 650 is out of the realm of possibility. They're sitting a half game out of fourth in the Eastern Conference right now. Mm-hmm. That that's how you know log jammed it is from you know four five through ten really. Oh, excuse me, we are at the sixth seed. Um, oh, I looked yesterday morning, which uh, uh, since we were recording this was before the Detroit game, we were seventh. Okay, excuse me. So yeah, we are eighteenth as of recording right now, or sixth. Um, yeah, I think this is I think this is our spot. I think there's not many teams that are below us right now in the standings that can necessarily catch up. Atlanta and Toronto are two themes I think could turn on the Jets, turn on those afterburners and really catch up. Especially Atlanta uh, more so than anybody. But I'm going to tell you this. We cannot let teams like New York finish higher than uh, us in the standings. Which so what does that mean? You have to control everything you can control. We can't control, control the controllables, exactly. Right. So we can't control what happens to New York when we're not playing them. But we sure as hell can control what happens to New York when we are playing them. So we have to win every game against them. I'm not sure that we've played them at all yet. I don't think we have. Um, that doesn't come to memory. I think sure we play we them twice that. in the second half, but I, I I don't know. The Toronto game tonight is I think pretty important because mm-hmm. they're one of those teams that's chasing the Hornets and you know they're a team you, that feels they should be where we're at. Exactly. And and you talk about this series a lot and it it, it comes up because it was so winnable. The the two games in Tampa uh-huh. against them that were extremely winnable and the Hornets let both of them slip through their grasp. Mm-hmm. I think part of them wants to uh, wants to avenge that, so to speak, uh, and then I'll be there Monday night for Sacramento, and you'll get a full in-depth report on that next week on the a what it was like to be there, b you know what I saw in person. But uh, last night, Terry Rozier did Terry Rozier like that. Look, I said from the beginning that I didn't think giving him that much money in return for giving Kemba the Boston money was a good deal. Because I just loved Kemba so much. However, seeing the flip side of that now, Terry is straight balling right now and making me eat every slanderous word I said about him. I mean, he's he's unconscious scoring the basketball right now. And he's pretty much carrying this team scoring-wise. And now, Devontae Graham's back. He looked good the other night, or last night, I should say. Um... I think there's a lot to be excited about, uh, especially in terms of, of where Terry is just kind of putting this team on his back. Yeah, I think Terry Rozier was a good acquisition for the simple fact that he, he to me, is a very 2K-esque player. He doesn't really need to do anything aside from scoring. We know he's going to give you at least 15 points. Um and here's the thing I like about Terry Rozier. Not a lot of people give him credit for this. When he scores a lot of points, the efficiency drops a hair. But when he only gets 15, that's a very efficient 15, which is why it's so impactful. 
he is not shooting 15, 16 shots to get those 15 points. He's shooting like five or six or seven, and he's making most of them. Some of them threes, some of them twos. He can score from anywhere, maybe not at will like a Kevin Durant type, but those points that he gives us usually are good, whether it be a small amount of points or a huge chunk of change. That's what I like so much about Terry Rozier is we know what's expected of him. Defenses have yet to respond to that, and I don't know that they ever will because here's the problem. You start to contain Terry Rozier. You try and clog the paint on Terry Rozier. Okay, he's going to find LaMelo Ball, easy three. He's going to find Devontae Graham, easy three. Or he's going to step back himself, easy three. You try and clog – or excuse me, you try and – um build a brick wall around the perimeter, okay, now Terry's just going to get inside. Miles, Airbnb, there's too much young, raw, super raw talent in terms of scoring in every single area. By the way, mid-range, the Hornets are not terrible at it. Obviously, nobody should be great at the mid-range. The numbers say that the mid-range is the worst shot in the history of sports. But that's why I like Terry Rozier so much is because he knows exactly what to do I don't want to say he's like a Draymond type where, oh, so much of his impact is not seen on the stat sheet. No, he's a, I don't want to, in the best way possible, he is one dimensional. Um, but that doesn't, and that one dimension is pretty damn good, but it's a good value. It's a good value contract. But here's the thing. If you guys are a Charlotte Hornets fan, I know not a lot of people take them nearly as seriously as I do. I or 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 we we do nobody, in general. The both of no, us. No, don't say that shit. <laughs> no way do you care more about the Hornets than I do. I'm so sick of that. I care. I'm about not. The I'm not anybody. saying that. I'm just. I, oh, I hate it when you devalue my fandom no, like that. Because you're so fake. No, everybody, everybody. If you're listening, you know for a fact you did not care about the Hornets before Mello. You did not care when we were losing. You did not care. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Seriously. The problem with Hornets fans is that we only care when we're good. And, God, I lost my train of thought from that. Bruh. Seriously. Sorry. Seriously. The Hornets are – I don't know what I was going to say. I had such a good point. But whatever. The Hornets – I promise to you this. I promise you this. The Hornets have what it takes to win games. You just got to let it come. You got to let it – you got to let it mellow. You got to let it sit. Here's what I was going to say. The Charlotte Hornets are a small market team, one of the smallest markets. We don't have the fact that we're a good small market team like Milwaukee to give us that benefit of the doubt. So we have to overpay for players. That's what I was going to say. So Terry Rozier's contract is good value for Charlotte. We would not be able to pay the same person. Uh, We cannot match the Knicks or the Lakers or the Warriors or or, or, or the Miami Heat in contract value we have to overpay that will always be something we're going to have to have an uphill battle being a small market team in the nba is inherently harder than any other small market in any other sport and look at the gordon hayward deal uh same difference and way overpaid he's made a huge impact on this team um and um i think terry and mellow right now uh, are gaining a lot of recognition as as one of the best backcourts in basketball. I don't think that's a stretch right now because both those guys are playing out of their minds. Uh, Mello is getting this team not only a whole lot of national attention, but these guys are having a lot more fun, and they've said that because of his his just his effervescent, outgoing presence. 
look at the intros from Thursday night. Bismarck Biombo chased Terry Rozier around like they were on a playground in the middle of intros. Te- teams like this that have this much fun are teams that win games because they. It's not that they don't take things seriously; it's that they don't take things extremely seriously. Right. That they it's the they opposite. they have the mentality of look that Detroit game took some bearing down to win, and they did that, but they had fun doing it. Season and a, excuse me, a season and a half of exceeding expectations does that to you. They've they've gotten to this point. They've enjoyed getting to this point, and they're comfortable in doing so. So, yeah, they're going to have fun. And that's exactly the formula you need for a small market franchise. I know I preach it. It's my favorite word to talk about the Hornets, but it's true. It's so true. Having fun, having guys who want to be here, that's not a bad idea. And I actually want to bring up something I talked to, and I'll, it'll be really brief, Talk to with the guy at my Verizon store. Um, so, Nick from Verizon, I'm, I'm, I'm shouting you out on air. This guy basically said, Let's get LaMelo out of those Puma shoes and into some Jordan shoes. And our executive producer, Desmond Johnson, said something similar. So I must become a trend here. Let's get him out of those Puma shoes, sign him to a signature shoe deal, regardless of how bad he is. Keep him comfortable in Charlotte and get Lonzo Ball and just let him take over. Let the let it be the LaMelo Hornets. But let's get him out of those Puma shoes and into some Jordan shoes and make him nice and happy and pay him a whole lot of money because there's very little restrictions on paying people under the table through outside contracts. But Michael Jordan is definitely going to find out a way to get out of that so we could pay him a lot of money. Let's make the best young backcourt in basketball, both Jordan brand athletes, because both are with Puma right now. Terry is too. But look. Get both of them in the jump, man. I think they stay here for a long time, and I think that's important going forward. It again, worked with three, Kimba. It did. Three games. He made Ger- a lot of money not wearing Gerald Wallace shoes. too. Yes, but Kimba, I don't know the numbers because a lot of this was secret, but there were rumors that said he was the highest paid Jordan, obviously, except for Michael Jordan. He was the highest paid Jordan athlete to not have a signature shoe. Yeah, and he was. And Gerald Wallace was at one point before he retired. Uh, Zion Williamson will be until he gets a signature shoe because he's already made bank from that deal. Right. But Kimba used to wear Under Armors. Actually, Kimba was the Under Armour guy before Stephen Curry. Steph Curry wore Nikes back in the day. Kimba and those had Kimba Under Armors. Were Kimba trash. had an Under Armour shoe. Yeah, he had they a signature so Under Armour shoe. They were so ugly. <laughs> they were so bad. They Kimba remember actually the, played in Jordan Twelves. Remember that was, the that's uh, his favorite Jordan shoe. I'm a Kimba uh, simp. Yeah, uh, I saw him. Uh, one of the last games I saw him in person, he was wearing uh, the the 10s, too. Uh, yes, he's a retro guy. He wears and yeah. plays in them a lot. Devontae Graham plays in the 10s a lot, too, and uh, he, we know where he learned that from. Uh, but let's, let's get some takeaways here from, from All-Star Sunday very quickly while we have an opportunity to and where we see things going here in the second half. Um I think the class of the league right now, um, I think it still belongs to Utah. I don't think they've been dethroned from that yet. Nope. Um, I think Denver and the Lakers are coming and coming hard and coming fast um, at them. Uh, the West the West is wide open right now. Uh, I don't think we've seen the best of the Portland Trailblazers at this point either. So as far as the East goes, we know that Philly's not for real. I don't think we've seen the of best course. of the Bucks. Um, 
the all-star game for me, the, the best part of it for me was the skills competition. I, I don't know what you think, but the, the big men that have dominated that in the past, and then to hear the guys on TNT, Kenny Smith, like flat out saying, no, none of these guys are winning it. And two of the big guys made the final. I have never watched a skills competition in all my years watching NBA. That will likely never change. The skills competition is trash. That's for boring nerds who think they like basketball, but in reality, they probably watch Bob Mikan or, you know, Bob Pettit, whatever. George Mikan, excuse me. Clips. There you go. Bro, I am not watching no damn skills competition. I'm sure it was brilliant for those who liked it. Dunk competition was trash. The game was not much better. Game was fun uh, in a vacuum. But watching that whole game, I got bored. I'm not going to lie. Game had its moments. Um, Stephen Curry's, uh, what was it, from the logo? Uh, and then Lillard hit the shot from half court the to Lillard hit the target score. The Lillard shot was sick. Yeah. Was sick. Um, that was to end the game. That was to hit the target score. Yeah. Um, Myers re- uh, Leonard's reaction to that wasn't really good either. Um, no, it was not. <laughs> maybe something else. But let's talk about that for a sec while we got the chance, Brett. Uh, yeah, we, we got a little bit of time here to squeeze this in. Look, he hasn't played all year. Uh, he's been hurt. He's got a season-ending shoulder injury. But I don't buy the excuse that he didn't know what that word meant. Because oh, that's if, cool. that's if cool. you go back and listen to it in the context that it was used, there's there's no way that he didn't know what it meant. Otherwise, he wouldn't have used it in that context. Yeah, he definitely knew what it meant. He just shouldn't have said it. I mean, it's one of it's one of those I'm things. I'm willing to you let know? him move on, but don't lie. Yeah, don't don't, don't cap it for us. And Julian Edelman's you know open ended letter to him. I don't think Edelman bought that either, but he played it off like he did. And uh, Edelman, Edelman wants lot- to start. Edelman Edelman wants to Jewish. start a dialogue. Edelman doesn't want people to have their careers ruined for a mistake, and he wants to be on the inside of that and allow him to be forgiven. I agree that Julian Edelman, I think Julian Edelman played this perfectly. Um, Myers Leonard, he doesn't need to apologize publicly until he's actually learned what he learned from his mistakes. And he went to, uh, Adam Silver said this, He's going to uh, some sensitivity training and and speaking with the Anti-Defamation League on his own volition. The NBA didn't tell him to do that. He told the NBA he was going to do it of his own volition. Um, Look, that conversation I'm I'm sure will be had, and that's important. Look at Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace after the race uh, Sunday. That's Mm -hmm. proof that, um, like you said, Bubba, I'm sure, didn't want Kyle Larson to ruin his career over the same thing either, and that's proof that if you do what you can to educate yourself after something like that, you uh, all, all can go back to, to normal. You can get that mm-hmm. second chance because you did the work to deserve it. When we come back, uh, COVID is ramping up in Greensboro. It's wreaking havoc on the ACC tournament. We'll talk about that. And a certain team in the mountains of North Carolina that's dancing next on the score. Back here on the score with Brett Wiseman on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Brett Wiseman alongside the one and only James Wilson. J-Dub, as much as 
things are starting to return to some semblance of normalcy. Uh, COVID is still a problem, and it's a problem for Duke and Virginia, um, who are there's both their seasons likely are done. Duke's is definitely done. Virginia's we don't know yet. They were locked to make the NCAA tournament, um, mm. but you have to have seven consecutive days of negative tests uh, to get to the NCAA tournament. Um, and the first round of the NCAA tournament starts in now five days. Selection Sunday is tomorrow. So I don't know that how that factors into the selection process. If they'll make it, finalize the bracket, and then if they can't play, they'll pull from one of those four or five uh, uh, replacement teams that they'll have that were that were on the bubble. But it's the ACC is the only league that's conference tournament has had any of this. So that's unfortunate for us as fans of the conference. And mm-hmm. I mean, this um, is ACC turn. I mean, this is ACC country where we live. Exactly. And you it, either it, are a fan of one of these schools or this is your league. Look, Florida state essentially got a triple buy as a result of not having to play. <laughs> yeah, they kind of got handed a gimme and a half there. They got, they got a triple buy to the semis. And so they'll, 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 do what they got to do, semi. of course, but you know, it it sucks. It it does. And you know, look, I hope Virginia makes its way to the tournament, to the NCAA tournament, because they more deserve to make it. Hell no, they beat Syracuse. That's trash. Duke. Um, I don't want to say that they used it as an excuse to end their season because I don't want to say that out loud. Oh, my God. They probably wanted to pack it up. But Carolina did it last year. Let's not forget, Carolina had an abysmal year last year. Sorry, Des. I know you're a big Tar Heel fan, but here's the thing. Carolina had a terrible year before COVID was a thing. Let's not forget, Duke is allowed to have a crappy year, okay? By the way, Carolina, they're ranked sixth in the ACC. Who cares? Come on, guys. Duke and UNC both suck. So if you're a Duke fan and you're sitting here laughing at UNC, shut up. If you're a Tar Heel fan and you're sitting here laughing at Duke, shut up too. Seriously, both of y'all, y'all have no room to bicker this year. This is like you, Virginia's year, Florida State's year, Virginia Tech's year. There are so many other schools in the ACC that are not Duke and Carolina, and it's good. It's a breath of fresh air that other schools are competing in the ACC. Syracuse Georgia is going to win it all next year, game. but let's get it. Right, Georgia exactly. Tech of all people's in the title Georgia game. Tech, my grandfather's alma mater, one of the coolest schools right in Atlanta. It's just such a cool campus if you ever take a visit. It is beautiful. Seriously. I will say that. It's right in the city. It's cool. It's 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 a big school that's right in the city, unlike UNC Concord. So, <laughs> but while we're on the topic, let's talk about another UNC school, maybe two. Do you have any uh any news? Yeah, there's on a couple other schools, schools right? in the UNC system. Bob, uh, uh, riddle me this. Okay. If you would have, well, let me rephrase this. This year, the big four, as we just talked about, Wake, State, Duke, Carolina, likely none of them will make the NCAA tournament. They're all trash. (laughs) Likely none of them will make the NCAA tournament. Guess who will? Appalachian State University. For the first time since 2000, this is something I never thought I would live to see as an alumnus, but... A Cinderella okay, wow. run of sorts. UNCG is in it. A&T is in it. Come on now. Don't just focus on Appalachian. I, look, I know you said I was going to do that. Uh, we're extremely gonna, we're biased. Gonna, extremely we're biased talk, here. We're Come on, guys. About, we're going to talk about you know their, their run in a little bit, but A&T was the top seed in their conference tournament. App State might play them in the first four 
That's one of the projections. Um, that's a and game then I wish I could have gone to. Whoever wins that game, well, you want to go to Dayton because that's where it is. No, it's in Ohio. Uh, Oh, wait, no, sorry, it's in Indianapolis because we're... I've been to Dayton. That city is gross. That city is trash, literally. That's one of the Brett Wiseman, the score, cities we hate, right alongside New Orleans. Well, yeah, my dad had to drive back there for a parking ticket because they wouldn't let him pay it over the phone, so... A parking ticket in Ohio? Just never go to Ohio again. That's a win-win. He had to drive through to get to Illinois and was stopped and got a speeding ticket. Sorry, not a parking ticket, a speeding ticket. They wouldn't let him pay it over the phone. He had to drive 12 hours back there to sit in traffic school for three and a half hours. Your dad is literally submitting to the man. Come on, literally. Come on, guys. There's one lesson you need to learn from the score on uh, with Brett Wiseman on Tobacco Road Sports Radio is that uh, screw the government. <laughs> Let's talk about this for a quick second. I know it's your show. HBCU representation in the NCAA tournament. How great awesome. is that? That is awesome. It's awesome. Look, it's they brilliant. they get they get auto bids every year, but you know, there there's there's some really good HBCUs this year. Of course, they're going to be they're going to be 16 seeds like they usually do because they just don't play, you know, the the kind of schedule that the committee looks at and says, "Okay, mm-hmm. you can be a 13 or a 14 or a 15." Which is fair, and that's a realistic uh, th- I think that's a fair shot. I don't know that a lot of these HBCUs are nearly as dominant as I would love to think that they are. I do think Winston-Salem State could come in and do the dancey dance. But here's the thing. They don't get the chances because, one, not a lot of kids are going there, and, two, they don't get a lot of -of out-of-conference tournaments. Duke, UNC, these big schools, they don't want to play them. Well, yeah, that's because they're Division II. Who cares? I'm I'm just telling you the the hierarchy structure of things. I'm not saying Winston-Salem State... Winston Salem State. Oh, no, yeah, Winston State. No, Winston State is uh, is an exemption because they're D two. They they will never be in there. Okay, I thought saying, that's what, I thought that's who you were talking about. No, no uh, I just meant HBCUs in general. No, yeah, no, the, no, the, no. the 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 MEAC schools, the SWAC schools. Those are all great schools. They're great programs. Um, the simple fact is they're just not getting the same talent pool. Hopefully that changes. It's starting to change in college football, where a lot of a lot of four star and and look at Deion Sanders going to coach at an HBCU is huge. Right. Um, and you already saw the impact he's had uh, in the FCS, you know, mm-hmm. spring ball here. But I mean, friend of the show, Chad Walcott, former guest on this show, he played football for four years at Shaw, and we know the kind of football skills that he has. And yet, Optimus very little prime, ladies and gentlemen, Opti- the Optimus Prime. What was it? The semi-pro uh, player of the year defensively. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. He's Absolute been an offensive beast. player of the year and a defensive player of the year in his pro career. He's also the reigning champion and for the sh- team he plays for. In high point. Uh, I forget the name of the team. Anyways, Me too. <laughs> uh, UNCG was the one seed in there in the SOCON tournament up in, uh, in Asheville. Uh, they come out with the W. Wes Miller, um, as much flack as he gets for his personality, um, has definitely built a winner there. Third tournament uh, appearance for them in the last five seasons. Uh, they keep that going. Um, they could be a threat. Whoever they end up playing, they'll probably be a 13 seed. Um, App State had not had a win streak of at least four games the entire season. They lost their last four coming out of their only COVID pause of the season. They lost their last four games down the stretch. Uh, four of the last five. Sorry, they won the last one against mm-hmm. Georgia Southern. They lost four of their last five. Of course they did. It's Georgia Southern. That's their punching bag in the entire Sun Belt. Okay, please stop. Uh, you, know <laughs> I feel, you know how I feel about Stinksboro. Anyways, 
Um, you had to win four games in four days to get there. And I'm not going to talk at length about this, but that's one, of those cin- that's one of those Cinderella runs that you only get in one of those one-bid leagues. And something I, I, as a fan of this program, having to sit through, you know, just abysmal seasons, especially my four years there, what Dustin Kearns has done in just his second year, and in, in second year being the most unusual year of all time, a, a tremendous, tremendous amount of respect for him. Seeing the whole town of Boone come out when they rolled back in from Pensacola, um, having a little socially distant trophy ceremony celebration on the steps of the Convocation Center. That was awesome. Um, I would I would expect App State to be a, uh, a 15 or a 16. If they're a 15, they'll probably play Alabama. 16, they'll be uh, in the first four. Uh, yawn, where do we see... Yawn, yawn. Where do we see... Appalachian it, is not ever going to have a good program. Come on, my guy. It's college basketball. Where do we see UNC going if they get in? Seating wise, nowhere. I think they might. <sighs> Jesus, I don't even know. Not high. They're, they're, I, 11, 12. I, I would say 12. Yeah, I heard some people say 12. I heard some people say 13. Look, if they get in at large, they would probably be put in the first four. Yeah, uh, with, with, with those, with the last four teams that get in at large, it'd be one of those 12 v 12 play in games, um, which are generally really fun to watch, but, um, well, you talked about the HBCUs too. Um, Nickel State a few years ago uh, as an HBCU beat a, a twenty-eight and one Missouri squad. So those things can happen if I'm not saying Carolina's anything near that bad, but you know they can they can pull off an upset or two if they get in. I think they have the size to do that. When, yeah, should, when you've got Roy Williams, you, any game is winnable. I mean, look at know? the Virginia Tech game; they they wore down the third best team in the ACC. I mean, wore them down. Right. Because but their, their size played a factor. And, and in March, I think when you've got size like they do, two, two seven-foot trees in the middle, um, it it becomes a problem. Um, let's talk about some other bubble teams here. Xavier got a major blow to, uh, to their tourney hopes. I, I don't see them getting in. Um, this is the fun part is when we... That's why Joe Lenardi gets paid all that money from ESPN because we go to his Twitter every two minutes to see who he's dropped out or who he's put in. And it's never meant more to be on the bubble this year because you're entering a bubble. I'm going to make that joke until the tournament starts, by the way. Uh, you've been um, making this joke for about a calendar year now, almost exactly. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to make it until the tournament starts. I'm going to wear it out. Um, again, Xavier took a major hit. Maryland got a bit of a boost. Um, I don't think the St. Louis Billikens are going to make it uh, in on the bubble. Um, huh, interesting coming from you. Utah State, I think, uh, coming out of the Mountain West is a team that has to be looked at. They've got a really good resume. Yeah, they uh, do. Maryland does. Uh, Syracuse still, I think, has a chance to get in. Syracuse Just, is the is the 2021 NCAA champions. Come on now, dog. Come on now. Dog, best, this is, best program in basketball history. This is the other cool thing about this that I think we're going to get a lot of upsets because this is such an unusual year. Uh, we saw it a lot in the regular season mm-hmm. uh, where we saw some upsets. We saw it in college football too. I think um, this is going to be one of the best tournaments in terms of upsets that we've seen in quite a while um, simply because of the fact that this is so unusual um, and – I don't think you can put 
unless it's a it's a a, a sixteen or a fifteen seed playing a one or a two seed. I don't think any of those first round matchups beyond those can you can say are locks because you don't have that normality. So I would put mostly everybody on an, on an even playing field here. Yeah, I I really think that this college basketball year is one for the ages. A lot of us are going to look back and just talk about the parody, talk about the competition, and just the fun that was had when we actually got to play games. I still think we're in that stage of Rona where we're appreciative we can still have sports. So this NCAA tournament, in my opinion, can be one of the best. I agree. I agree uh, wholeheartedly on one of the rare times that we do agree on this show. What, one of the rare ones indeed. Selection Sunday is tomorrow. Uh, as always, that's exciting, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll be tuning in for sure. When Absolutely. we come back, speaking of television, there's a big TV deal to talk about. And speaking of money, your favorite quarterback secured the bag. We'll talk about it next on The Score. Back here on the score with Brett Wiseman on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoWoodsportsRadio.com. Brett Wiseman alongside James Wilson. Uh, J-Dub, let's talk about something that you know good and well that I'm incredibly excited about. Um, the NHL uh, and Disney, ESPN, have signed a groundbreaking seven-year media rights deal um, beginning with next season. NBC's deal ends at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and keep in mind, this is only half of uh, the media rights deal. There's still another half that's going to go to another network. Uh, NBC is currently in a bidding war with Fox. I think Fox is going to get it because the NFL is going to make NBC pay out the wazoo to keep Sunday Night Football. So, And CBS and Turner have the largest television deal in the history of sports uh, with the March Madness deal. So they simply don't care. Because uh, they've got you know eight point two billion dollars coming in every year. They've um, also got the superstar racing experience. What? The superstar racing experience. CBS has it. Okay, we're gonna have to talk about that on on the pit stop because I have no idea what that is. Um, what? I have no clue. I have no idea what you're talking I talked about. Talked about it for like ten minutes on my show. What? I what? <laughs> I have You're no kidding. Clue. All right, let's get, let's stick it to the news, but you'll be getting a phone call the second we are done with this. <laughs> when, did we, when did we talk about that? I don't I have no recollection of that. <laughs> That'll they, have to be for the pit stop. We'll have to let that we'll have to let that We stay. will. We will. Um ABC gets four of the next seven cup finals. Um half of the Stanley Cup playoffs for the next 7 years will be on ESPN and ABC. 25 national regular season games on there, 75 games exclusively on ESPN Plus and Hulu that will be produced by ESPN. Uh, so streaming only games, similar to what the NFL has done um, with Lame. And, and the MLB as well. Uh, and NHL.TV will now just be absorbed as part of the ESPN Plus subscription package. So expect the price of that to go up. But here's the thing A, we get the best theme music in sports back. We get the NHL on ESPN theme. We get the national hockey night theme back. Um, hopefully Gary Thorne comes back too. somebody from the athletic reached out to him and said, Hey, did you hear about the deal? What'd you think about coming back? And all his response was simple. It was, they have my number. Yep. And he hung up <laughs> Gary Thorne. One of the best announcers of all time. He's been doing a, uh, Orioles baseball for, uh, many, many years since, uh, 
Hockey left ESPN for the first time since 2004. They will have it. Um, it's going to be fantastic next year. Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, was on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt the other night talking about how excited the NHL was, how excited the players were. Scott Van Pelt was getting texts from, uh, he's a big Capitals guy, he was getting texts from Capitals players. Ew. They were they were telling him how uh, how excited they were. Capitals fan. He's from Maryland. Cut him some slack. Oh yeah, he is because he went to the University of. Yeah, he he uh, he's he's a terp. So yeah, he's he's a DC guy. Yeah, Cut him he, some yeah, slack. Turd. <laughs> That's one way to put it. But I think this is huge for the league as far as streaming goes because you know you talk about small market teams a lot in the NBA in the NHL. Uh, small market teams simply just don't get the the same amount of coverage. Uh, as we know this with the Hurricanes, um, right? As as a lot of other squads in the NHL, especially because NBC simply just doesn't talk about them. Neither do the Canadian networks, and I think oh, in the, the Canadian U- networks treat us unfairly. And I think, especially in the U.S. now, the NHL partnering with somebody that has the the massive streaming reach that that Disney does, not only in the U.S. but but worldwide. I think that's vitally important for the NHL going forward in terms of of exposure to, you know, the other fifteen teams in the league. Yeah, I'm. I, I think I think the way we need to start looking at hockey is going to be different than the way we look at other sports because it's growing in an interesting way. Hockey is not becoming popular in these small little pocketed regions in America. It's almost just like it's just coming out of the ground from anywhere. We've got hockey fans all over the country in every single region from Minnesota all the way down to Texas, all the way up to California, back down to Florida, any region, Hawaii too. They have hockey there. We we're, we're becoming a hockey country and that's going to not really sit well with the Canadians. And like you said, they don't really treat us very well in terms of, the uh the coverage but let's not forget the last time a canadian team won the stanley cup was a kajillion years ago what was it the montreal canadians yep so at least you got your name put on the dang trophy this time with canadians but who cares your ring is about to be removed like holy crap stop your ring the cup's about to be taken off of there they're about to heat seat out that's yeah. the next ring off is your ring. So why don't you try to win a cup, bro? I get it. It's made up of Canadians, but we all know some of the best hockey players are from Eastern Europe. Look at the Carolina Thunderbirds for the more information on that. But seriously, I think this hockey coverage in America is going to become very unique and very, I think it's going to be game changing. I think a lot of sports are going to look at that and say, how do we do that? Sports that were once popular like NASCAR or boxing, that want to try and get back to the next level, they're probably going to emulate what this NFL, excuse me, NHL coverage is going to look like so that they can get some of this homegrown interest. And I think Fox trying to come in as well is a lot better than, than NBC sticking around and just being second fiddle here. Uh, because look at uh, what Fox had in the, in the mid to late 90s. They had uh, Major League Baseball. They had the World Series, they had the Stanley Cup Final, and they had the Super Bowl in the same year, mm-hmm. all on their network. I think they want to get back to uh, as close to that as they can. Uh, getting the NHL would be huge for that. And add on to that, they have 
NASCAR, which is at its highest ratings point right. since and they've the had the 2500 for years, which is NASCAR's Super Bowl. So look, uh, I, and if Fox doesn't bring back the glow puck uh, for their national coverage, I'm going to be very upset. Uh, let's talk about this though. Your 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 boy Dak Prescott finally secured the bag. What does this mean? And I'll let you speak on this because you are uh, a mega Cowboys fan. What does this mean for Dak? What does this mean for the t- the Cowboys? going forward here never been called a mega cowboys fan not sure how i feel about that but thank you i think uh this is going to bring back some consistency into that locker room down in frisco yes i said frisco that's their practice stadium uh and that is a stadium it's, for sure that is they're a having a bat they're having the uh the conference usa basketball tournament there yeah oh, it's a big little thing um when i was there there was a one of the Tex one of the regional texas state lacrosse practices was going on later that night was one of the uh texas is so big they split up into six regions there can be six individual state champions just because of how big it is and how long it would take to become a true state champion even with like triple a three you know they they there's a lot of state champs in texas let's say that but um so, yes, I think this is going to just finally bring a breath of fresh air to the locker room. The offense knows, hey, this is the guy we're going to protect. This is the guy that I'm going to be getting passes from. They are not worried about who's going to be playing. Who is your quarterback when you're an offensive lineman or wide receiver is kind of important to you. You want to know the relationship, and they don't have to get a new uh, thing going with a new quarterback. I was worried about it quite for, for quite a while now, but the biggest team in football – if they want to stay that way, they need to win a game and they need to win a Super Bowl and they need to do this and that. So this really depends on will Dak become worth the money? We've overpaid Zeke. We've now overpaid Dak. Um, and by overpay, I just mean teams that pay this quarterback this much don't win Super Bowls. We've seen it. You can't. There's you a can't ton. There's a ton of guaranteed money on this deal. The, the, a lot. It's been talked million about. Guaranteed, yeah. 160 million it can go up to with incentives and bonuses. I think so, that ends up being close to what Mahomes got. God, no. God, Mahomes got a $500 million contract. I mean, in terms of guaranteed money. But still, uh, I think that's, I, I'm not sure about that. Probably it's a lot of money, but it's not. It's, it's in the top money. five in terms of guaranteed money. I did see that. I don't know where it falls on the list, but it's it, it's up probably there. But look, four or five. I, I I like what you said about it. It adds a, um, I guess closure. You would you could say, uh, to to the locker room that that this is our guy going forward. We don't have to worry about you know the rumors. Is he going to get franchise tagged again? You know, is he going to resign? Are they going to trade him? Da da da. This is this is the guy that we are committed to. Dak Prescott going forward, and he's looked really, really good and progressed a lot further in his rehab from the uh, the uh, the terrible uh, leg ankle injury that he had in Week Five when he was playing out of his mind up until that point, mind you. Well, um, yeah, because the rest of the Cowboys were stinking it up, and he needed to. And look, that's the thing. He's he is. He put the team on his back at that point. And, you know, when you got somebody like C.D. Lamb as a third option now to go to the football with, with Cooper and, and uh, Michael Gallup, you're, you're talking about a pretty dangerous offense when you factor in Zeke as well. Um, let's but talk before about... Before we talk about something else, you did mention putting the team on his back. Did he put the team on his back like Greg Jennings? Yes, he put the team on his <laughs> back, though. <laughs> Darren Sopwell, one of the hardest hitting safeties in the league. 
But <laughs> I put the team on my back, though. I gotta go. Most- I gotta go. I gotta go. Oh, my God. If you haven't looked at that clip, Google Greg Jennings' broken leg scores on the Saints. Probably one of Brett's favorite clips. I that love that That is literally clip, my favorite video. That is my favorite video in the history of the internet. That like, was period. one of the best. Full stop. Clip. That's the best sports game clip, period. There's no 2K clip or Madden or FIFA or whatever clip that'll ever beat the Greg Jennings team on his back though clip. There's Google no video you on YouTube that'll ever beat that. It's just and if you awesome. Have not, if you don't remember that clip or you don't remember that era of football, you're probably a little too young to be listening to this uh, show. <laughs> if you're too young to remember Madden 08 on PS2, which is where that came from. Who was the cover of that? Madden 08. Brett Favre. Yes, he was. You're right. That was a Madden one. I played. Who? Which one was the one that uh, Drew Brees is the cover of? I played a crap. Oh, uh, I think that was eleven. It was. It was yeah. eleven. Oh my god. Eleven had the best good. soundtrack too, because it had uh, it had like ACDC on it and Crazy yeah. Train and all the Hold classic on. stuff. I, I like. What's the song? It's like Move the Chains. I'm about to make a play. I like that one on one of the newer ones. I think it's Madden twenty. There was there was one on twenty one that the entire song was just about there being a flag on the play. Oh yes. Oh God. There's so many crappy football specific songs that they've anyways i remember on on uh 08 or uh, actually it was 09 not 08 uh yeah 09 when Favre got traded to the jets um ea sports put up on their website a printable uh, because you couldn't download digital copies of video games they put up a printable uh slide in cover with a photoshop jets jersey on Favre, so you could update your cover of the game I remember that, yes, because that was uh, very much similar to what 2K was forced to do when Kyrie Irving was placed on the cover and then promptly traded to uh, the Celtics, and everybody was like, oh, I have the Cavs cover. Oh, it's so rare. It's so limited. And now I remember that. And then one of my buddies in high school, Jonte, he ended up buying both just to have them. (laughs) Never played them. (laughs) You could just print off. (laughs) <laughs> you know, a custom cover. I did that with 2K. When I printed off, somebody made a custom Kemba cover. I just printed it off and slid it in the case. Oh, yeah, uh, got to. Very quickly here. Uh, what do you think? Uh, Shaq Thompson, Christian McCaffrey, their contracts got restructured. Um, with the Bucks and Brady reaching a one-year extension and uh, re-upping a couple of those defensive pieces uh, as well, uh, what do you think about the Panthers restructuring those deals in terms of making a run at Deshaun Watson? Yeah, so I think uh, what Carolina is doing is they are doing exactly that. They want that guy, Deshaun Watson. A lot of guys want him here. Restructuring the two big stars, Shaq Thompson and Christian McCaffrey. By the way, Shaq Thompson, former member of the Red Sox organization. Just a little fun fact. If you yeah, did fun not fact, know he that. was drafted in the twenty sixth round. Yep, he played in the Gulf yeah. Coast League. So, um, but yeah, so what this means is. Carolina looks to do something and they clearly are not going to draft a quarterback. They want to trade for somebody. So I think Russell Wilson, if they and, draft one, they're going to trade up, I think. And of oh, course, absolutely. That's, that's they're speculation. going to trade for a very high pick. Uh, who's the guy from Brigham Young? They're not getting Trevor Lawrence, but there's tons Zach, of other Zach Wilson talent. and Trey Zach Lance. Wilson I think and, are the two, the oh, two yeah. guys that they're, they got the best shot at. And both uh, are going to be great quarterbacks in this league, but. You right, know. they're going to take a shot in, in the draft or go for the trade. So I think restructuring these contracts clearly proves, hey, we want to get some talent. We want to get back to winning now. Carolina, in my opinion, aside from the fact that they aren't the only team in this league in, in our state with a title professionally, 
they have really been they've epitomized greatness here in our state and pro sports these past couple years making a couple or making one run to the Super Bowl and they want to get back on top a lot of the bad things that happened to them was not in their control you know Cam Newton and we talk about kind of was out of their control you know so, so many great things can happen with the Panthers we talk about controlling the controllables, and a lot uh-huh. of those controllables can have been out of their control. Right. And I think, you know, you've got great young pieces on that defense, and Jeremy Chin, who should have been the defensive rookie of the year, but he wasn't mm-hmm. uh, over Chase Young. But that's a little bit of our North Carolina bias. Um, I think you know, if you're the for the Carolina Panthers, what the Houston Texans are saying, whether he's our quarterback or not, the relationship, as we've talked about, is fractured beyond repair. So I, I think somebody's got to go there. Uh, give me a shout-out real quick before we go. My shout-out this week is going to go to that random kid for Virginia who shut, who who made one field goal all night and was the Reese game. Beekman. Re, yeah, that's who it was. Reese Beekman. He made one field goal, and it was a three-pointer to put the game away against Syracuse He was one University. for six from the field, and that was the one. That was the one. My orange. We failed to close out, and now we're waiting on selection Sunday, tomorrow, to see if we can make the tournament. Um, otherwise we'll have been robbed from a national, uh, championship title. I am very adamant. We are the greatest basketball program this year. My shout out goes to every single person, not only on the front lines. Now that we're oh into this Screw pandemic, I worker. shout out somebody cool. Shout out somebody cool. And everybody that has been involved in college sports, in professional sports, in bringing sports back, um, Sports has taken on a bigger role in the past year, I think, than it has in a very long time. We, A lot of people that don't love sports as much as we do, I think, finally notice the importance of them, how much we love them, and how much this country needs them. Um, so a shout-out to everybody that has made the return of sports, both in the bubbles, in the NBA, and the NHL, that has made at everything go off without you know any huge hitch. Um, a testament to everybody in in this industry across the board that has done yeoman's work in, in bringing our sports back. And we get March Madness finally this year. Selection Sunday is tomorrow. Enjoy it. It'll be 6 o'clock-ish uh, on CBS it is all, as it always is after the Big Ten Championship game from Indianapolis. And the tournament will be in the entire state of Indiana. Selection Sunday is tomorrow. That's going to do it for us If your team doesn't make it, they're not making the NIT either. Sorry. (laughs) See you next week.